If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 481. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook and free audiobook. You get on my email list. Don't forget to subscribe to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's free of charge. You get a free class when you do so, 10 Myths of American History. You can also purchase a class while you're there. That helps keep this podcast free of charge. Uh, you can also support the show by clicking on that support tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. You can click on the shop tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. All those things help keep the show, this podcast, free of charge. So, you can also rate it wherever you get your podcasts. Let people know you're listening to it. Grow the audience that way. I enjoy getting your emails for show recommendations. I appreciate all of your support. I appreciate what you say, the kind words that you have to say of the show. I do it for you, but I do want to keep it free, this part of it free. So if you can support me in any other way, that would help go a long way in doing that. And of course, I have a new class out at McClanahan Academy Originalist Papers Part 3. It's a great class. Part 4 comes out in just a few weeks. So I've got coupons running right now this week, but this is going to be just about it for this deal. So if you want to get this deal, snap it up while you can because it won't be there very much longer. So if you're at McClanahan Academy email list or Brian McClanahan email list, you're getting those coupons. You want the coupons because I take off substantial amounts of money on these classes. So head on over to brianmcclanahan.com, mcclanahanacademy.com, and uh, hook up with me that way, and we can have a nice relationship there with that. You know, It's uh, one-sided, of course, but um, with me sending you information and coupons, edutainment emails and other things. But it's great. right? I, I, I do appreciate your support. Now, this is a listener-generated episode in a way. Um, he is a listener, fan of the show, I guess. I mean, he listens to the show. I don't know if he's a fan of the show, but he listens to the show and uh, sends me emails. And this is really cool because when I was uh, an undergraduate in college, I read one of their books, and it changed the way I thought about politics. Um, as an undergraduate in college, I've made this, said this before. I was, you know, every other kind of neoconservative out there, just. You know, well, you, let's go bomb places. Let's go take care of that. And uh, all these things. I mean, I was opposed to the central authority. But, I mean, it was, well, let's uh, let's get better members in Congress and these kind of things. And then I read Why Not Freedom by the Kennedy twins, James Ronald Kennedy and Walter Donald Kennedy. And it changed the way I thought about things. I mean, it was shocking for me at first as I read this. And I thought, gosh, these guys are talking about Why Not Freedom. They're talking about the Tenth Amendment. They're talking about states' rights, and they're talking about decentralization. They're talking about maybe even secession. And I remember talking to my friends about these things, and they were, oh, that's just lunacy. That's crazy talk. This was, this was the early 90s, and uh, they 
that was crazy talk. That was crazy talk. And so I've said this before, by 1998, 1999, 1997, uh, I was certainly interested in decentralization. More, you know, 1996, 1995, I was really interested in decentralization. And so I started talking a lot about that stuff and finding people that agreed with that. And this is before the Internet is what it is today. It was very hard to do that even. And uh, I, I got involved with some people, and that really changed my life and how I thought about politics. So it's fun for me when somebody that I changed away changed my perspective on things with that book Why Not Freedom sends me emails saying, "Hey, I like what you're doing. Would you talk about this or would you I mean, what do you think about this?" So I got an email from Ron Kennedy the other day and he has a website, uh, the Kennedy Twins have a website and he posted this on his website and it's good. It's about the uh, most recent activities for Congress and removing the statues, the Anyone who was a racist or pro-Confederate or Confederate or anything has to go from the U.S. Capitol. This is part of the cultural cleansing that we're seeing, which we talked about yesterday on the show. I mean, it has everything to do with this. You see, some cultures are okay and some cultures are not. We have to have a unitary American culture, and it has to, to purge anyone who opposes this unitary Yankee American order. So if it's against it, we don't we don't want to have a pluralistic society where we have some states that have some things and some states that have other things. Nobody objected to what Massachusetts wants to stick in Statuary Hall or California or North Dakota. Nobody objects. I mean, I, I didn't hear any Southerner stand up and say, you know what, I don't want these guys in Statuary Hall because they, uh, if they're a union man, well, they killed my ancestors. I, I don't hear anything anybody saying that. No, it has to be Southern statues have to go. Now, the problem with all this is the Republican Party responded in the worst possible way. And that's what Ron Kennedy talks about in this. And at the, I'm going to read the end of the piece more than the first part of it, because the first part of it we'll actually cover on the Abbeville Institute podcast later in the week. But I want to, I want to talk about the, the last part of it. But... The way the Republican Party responded was typical Republican nonsense. This is the problem with the Republican Party. It's why it's a stupid party. Their response? Well, all these people are Democrats. They should just go anyways. You're just getting rid of Democrats. We should have real Republicans in the, in the statuary hall. How stupid are these people? I mean, it's, it's a rhetorical question. They're really stupid. But this is the problem with Republicans. They think that simply by pointing out that Southerners at that time were Democrats, that the Democrat Party dominated the South. There weren't really any Republicans in the South so to speak, at all in the 1860s, not until after Reconstruction or after the war and during Reconstruction. Uh, by pointing out these people were all Democrats, that the that, uh, the uh, the Klan was Democrats, that not always. I mean, there was a lot of Republicans who were Klan members as well by the time you get to the 1920s. Uh, that um, the Jim Crow was Democrats. Well, that's not true. Republicans were pushing Jim Crow and I mean, who would become Republicans in Connecticut early on. I mean, this is before the war even began. You had Jim Crow laws in northern states. So all of that is based on a faulty understanding of history anyways. But they think by saying this, that somehow this is going to make 
Democrats rethink their strategy and, oh, well, we don't want to get rid of these people because they're just Democrats, so we got to support Democrats. Or that they would have any moral qualms about purging all this stuff from their own group. That They don't even care. They're like, well, yeah, okay, so the Democrats, we don't believe in that anymore, so we're just going to get rid of it. That somehow trying to say the Democrats are the party of race and slavery, and that's going to that's gonna make people not vote Democrat. It's never going to work. All you're doing is making yourself look stupid. And uh, there are a few people that would say this. I think Michael Knowles has come out and said it. Hey, you know, um, this is a really bad strategy. It's not going to work. In fact, what you're doing is just allowing them to take the stuff down. Because if they're all just Democrats, well, then sure, we have control over what Democrats we want to celebrate. So here you go. We'll take it down. You're not, you're not even offering a counterargument at that point. You're just saying, okay, yeah, we agree with it. In fact, most Republicans voted for this thing. Very few Republicans had the backbone to say, no, we're not going to say take these things out. This is up to the states to do. They're the ones that send the statues. We're not going to say these statues aren't welcome here. And, of course, one of the big ones was John C. Calhoun in South Carolina, the most important South Carolinian in the history of the state. He, If anybody else from South Carolina should be in Statuary Hall in the U.S. Capitol building, it should be John C. Calhoun. The man was vice president of the United States. U.S. Senator, member of the House of Representatives, Secretary of State, Secretary of War. I mean, if anybody should be in the U.S. Capitol building from South Carolina as a statue, it should be John C. Calhoun. This is how stupid these people really are. But no, he was a racist who supported slavery. Well, I mean, are you going to say the same thing about, uh, I mean, just you could say this about the founding fathers, right? I mean, most of them were, all of them were racists. Some supported slavery more than others. But, I mean, this is an argument the left would make. And by default, when the Republicans stand up and say, well, yeah, these people all supported slavery. they got to go. They're just Democrats. You're just giving in. Where is the opposition to this stuff? Where is the opposition to the cultural cleansing taking place in America? The entire structure of counter, of, of, I'm sorry, cancel culture is just ruining traditional America. So... The, the answer should have been from Republicans, no, shut up. Now, they couldn't have stopped it because the House had enough votes. And I'm sure the, I mean, the Senate will probably go along with it. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, the House had enough votes so they could get it. I mean, it wasn't going to stop it, but they should have said no. That should have been the correct response, just like with the National Defense Authorization Act, allowing the creation of this stupid commission. Trump vetoed this thing, rightfully so, but then the Republicans helped override the veto because Confederate names are Democrats. Stupid, 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 stupid. This is why the GOP is the stupid party. So Ron Kennedy wrote this piece and he talks about what we can do about it, right? I mean, this is a think locally, act locally up. So what can you do about it? If you're in these states that had these Republicans vote to get rid of these statues, and I don't care who you are. I mean, this is the problem with the right, though. This is the Claremont School, the Hillsdale School. Well, these people deserve to go. They're traitors. They deserve to get out. And I see it all the time from, quote-unquote, conservatives on social media. Well, these people are all just traitors. These people are all just bad people. They're bad people. And they need to go. And so because they're Democrats, they need to go. This is what you get. This is what Claremont Hillsdale has produced. This is what the Proposition Nation has produced. 
not understanding that, hey, you know, when you take out John C. Calhoun, guess who comes next? Your favorite conservative, your favorite guy is going to be on the chopping block next. They all will be. This is one thing Elmer's at least understands. We're all going to the gulag, right? <laughs> if they have their way, we'd all go to re-education camp somewhere in the United States, and uh, that would be that. So uh, what, what comes next? I mean, uh, if, when Calhoun's gone, when all the Confederates are gone, then what are they going to come for? Who are they going to come for next? Well, they're certainly, as, as Trump, I mean, rightfully pointed out, you're going to come for George Washington? What about Thomas Jefferson? You think he's a good idea? Think he's a good guy? How about, how about, well, Jefferson's not a good guy. Jefferson's not a good guy because look what he did with Sally Hemings, which, of course, is not conclusively proven in any way, but yet everyone thinks it is. And, uh, you know, he had these terrible things to say about people and black people, and um, he was a slave owner, didn't really free his slaves. I mean, so he has to go. He has to be canceled. What about James Madison? Again, not, uh, I mean, didn't have kind things to say about slavery, but didn't really do much about it. What about James Monroe? Same thing. George Washington freed his slaves, but not, of course, his wife's slaves. Uh, and didn't even let it be known because he didn't want some type of insurrection or didn't want his wife killed. So, I mean, this is this is the situation. What, what do we do with these people that don't fit in with 21st century cultural beliefs and norms and opinions? Because we all know now, I mean, all those, yeah, we don't want to have slavery in American society. We think slavery is bad, and that's it's gone. That's a good thing. But this presentism, what we're doing, is horrible. So with all these Republicans supposedly supporting these things, and what do you do about it? How do you get rid of these idiots that do these things? Well... Kennedy has some suggestions, which is what I want to read. This is a Think Locally, Act Locally episode. Now, the one thing I will say, and he, he does bring this out now into the local environment. It's not just about these members of Congress in, uh, in D.C. It's also about state representatives, but you have to be active. So he says, counterfeit conservatives. The United States, actually the Yankee Empire, is controlled by and for the benefit of the political ruling elite in Washington, D.C. and their comrades on Wall Street and Silicon Valley the mainline media, and the educational establishments. This is true. Both liberal Democrat and conservative Republican politicians and party bosses have a vested interest in preserving the political status quo. A conservative radio host who was very active in the Tea Party movement told me that the great mistake the Tea Party folks made was putting their movement and faith in the hands of good conservative politicians. Too often, counterfeit conservatives will use grassroots conservatives to get elected, but then abandon us once they get into office, not this is all the time. This is what they almost all do. As one song, Southern congressman noted, to get elected, you talk conservative down home and then vote with the liberal majority once you get to Washington. The political status quo provides elected officials in the deep state bureaucracy with an unending power, perks, and privileges. A politician's first and primary aim is to preserve the political status quo. There are no different, they are no different in principle than the Vichy men in France or the Quislings in Norway who were more than willing to work with the status quo government imposed upon them their conquered nations by Nazi Germany. The Vichy men and Quislings betrayed their native country in exchange for enjoying the benefits offered by the political status quo. After all, they claim, someone has to run the government. What was true for the Vichy men and the Quislings during World War II is also true for modern-day counterfeit conservatives, our modern-day scalawags. So he says, recognizing the brave who vote no, a number of Southern and Northern congressmen voted against the bill to remove Southern statues. 
These brave individuals should receive letters and emails from every Southern Heritage supporter. Or just every American interested in real American history. I mean, I know I'm speaking to people all over the world here. And, of course, all over the United States. Kennedy, the Kennedys are very much interested in the South. But this is bigger than just that. These brave elected officials need to know that there are more than just a few of us back home who are watching and taking note. Never miss an opportunity to compliment an elected official who takes a stand against the neo-Marxist mobs in the street and the media. But betrayal deserves punishment, he says. It is unfortunate that in America's current political establishment, a politician's primary goal is to gain office and then retain that office. Under this system of government, a politician will bend to whatever pressure group the politician thinks will offer him the best chance of gaining or retaining their elected office. The leftist mainline media, leftist street mobs such as Antifa and BLM, and the left-leaning bureaucrats in the deep state can bring tremendous pressure on politicians. A crafty politician can avoid this leftist pressure by going along with these groups. This is the reaction of counterfeit conservatives in Washington, D.C. This will continue until we the people take audacious steps to bring pressure on our representatives. Is it better for we the people to have a politician that loves us or one that fears us? By fear us, I mean he understands that if he betrays our interest. We will bring a world of political hurt on him back home among the voters. He must have to win the next election. It would be nice if our elected officials loved our down-home American and Southern values, but never forget that individuals love us at their own violation and that they fear us at our violation. At this late stage in America's political history, we the people cannot afford to pin our liberty, rights, and freedom on the hope that an elected representative will love us. We must be in a position to make an example of an elected representative who stabs us in the back. So, I think all that's true. Look, I mean, part of the problem is Americans are complacent. When we get politicians that vote for something that we don't like, well, okay, but they're never punished. Now, we've seen it happen a little more recently where politicians are punished at the polls and they're gone. They lose. And that's a good thing. And that's essentially what he's saying here. These people have to lose. And they have to know that if they don't do the right thing, they will lose. Now, what he says and how to do this is interesting. Making an example out of a bad actor, punishing a counterfeit conservative, excuse me. The recent vote by the Republican minority whip Steve Scalise, as well as other so-called conservatives, gives Southern heritage advocates an excellent opportunity to bring pressure on these politicians. Our targets are those Southern politicians who, with no thought whatsoever, voted in support of the neo-Marxist mobs that with the help of such politicians, are actively destroying America's traditional, social, moral, historical, and conservative values. As described in Dixie Rising Rules for Rebels, we the people do not have the financial resources necessary to mount a traditional challenge to every counterfeit conservative who betrays us. We must. What we must do is engage the political ruling class in irregular political warfare. As General Forrest would say, hit them where they ain't. We must give our weak-kneed counterfeit conservatives a fight they have never faced. We must leverage our strength at the grassroots level while they are busy cutting deals with the deep state's ruling elite. So what he's saying is we don't have the money. I mean, people, people realize most people that the grassroots, these people in the middle, the forgotten man, which we talked about, don't have the resources to go out and give large donations to politicians and do these things. But they do have resources of available to you to work within the system that we have, networking and other things to try to make a difference. So he says, how should irregular, irregular political warfare warriors respond to Steve Scalise's vote to remove Southern statues from our national capital? 
First, they would purchase 1,000 names and addresses of Republican voters in each of the parishes, counties, that make up Steve Scalise's district. Second, compose a one-page letter addressed to fellow Louisiana conservatives in which the following questions were asked. Why would Steve Scalise, who claims to be a conservative, vote in favor of a bill that in effect endorses Antifa and BLM, BLM's destruction of historic Southern monuments? Why would a conservative use his vote to endorse the slanderous lies that have been told about the South and the true cause of the war for Southern independence? And third, in the letter to grassroots conservatives, suggests that perhaps we the people will be better off with a true conservative representing Louisiana instead of the counterfeit one who voted with the leftist deep state elites and mobs. So you use think locally, act locally to your advantage. If you're in this area, get names and addresses and then send them letters. Simple letter. Why are you doing this? Why would you support this guy? Why would you support somebody that does this? One page can even just be a couple of paragraphs. Why would you do that? It's a personal letter. This letter should also be sent to every elected official in the state who claims to be a conservative with a cover letter, noting noting that if this is the way conservatives, uh, conservative elected officials treat American values voters, then perhaps we'd be better off with a known liberal enemy representing us as opposed to a counterfeit conservative who, by implication, endorses the likes of Antifa and BLM. This suggestion may be shocking to traditional conservatives, but as pointed out in Dixie Rising Rules for Rebels, in a life-and-death battle, it is better to have a known enemy in front of you than to have a pretended friend at your back. This is why I wrote in 2012, uh, I think it was, and it's in, it's in um, my recent book, but Vote Obama. I wrote that because it was better to vote for Obama than Mitt Romney. And because at least with Obama, you knew what you were getting. Romney's just going to talk. I mean, look, look what Mitt Romney is now. Look at what Mitt Romney is. He is just a simple. T- I mean, he's he's a little slower in the uh, to get to the gate as an Obama, but he's doing the exact same thing. What's the difference? So just vote for Obama and get there. Let people know what you're fighting than to think that you're protected by a Mitt Romney because you're not. You're not protected by Steve Scalise. You're not protected by Mitt Romney. You're not protected by any of these people if these these are your values. Do not vote for a moderate Republican. If you have a choice between a moderate Republican and a liberal Democrat, vote for the liberal Democrat every single time. It sends a message to the moderate Republicans. We don't want you. We want real conservatives. The Democrats don't do this. They don't say, hey, you know what? Uh... If there's a liberal, if there's a moderate Democrat, uh, and then a a Republican, conservative Republican, now some of them will. I mean, look, you could say Joe Biden is the moderate Democrat, and then you had so you had a lot of people vote for Biden, but they don't ever go for the moderate just because they want to get along with it. Well, we need to have the moderate. They would prefer Bernie Sanders. They would prefer Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. These are the people they would prefer. Elizabeth Warren. They would prefer them. In fact, they feel betrayed all the time. And they're all starting, oh my gosh, Joe Biden's terrible. This guy's terrible. What are we getting here? This guy's awful. It's funny when this happens to them. But they would prefer these other things. By their votes, it is evident that counterfeit conservatives such as Steve Scalise have thrown in the leftist mobs, media, and democratic political establishment that are actively engaged in their campaign of anti-South cultural genocide. It's not just that. It's American history. I mean, again, we can just focus on the South, but certainly 
This is bigger than that because it's not just the South that's at stake here. It's the United States. It's every part of the United States that can come under their thumb. But as we have said for years now, it's not just Confederate history and heritage that they are determined to destroy. And he, I just said that. The neo-Marxist mobs and their deep state ideological allies are determined to destroy all traditional American values. It is part of an international neo-Marxist effort to destroy Western civilization, Western Christian civilization. The timid and pacified who claim to be old and wise but are actually tired and defeated will refuse to engage the enemy. True, their opinion is safe, but it is also a surrender. There is a cost for defending freedom. There's a cost when you challenge the established order. The deep state and their corporate and political sycophants, some are willing to pay the price, others simply to do nothing while the traditional Bible Belt South gradually slides toward Gomorrah and a neo-Marxist hell. Simply doing nothing is the face in the face of evil is a choice. It is acceptance of a future in a Gomorrah and a neo-Marxist hell. What choice will Southerners make? What choice will Americans make? I think this is a nice question, but I wanted to get into this part of it on what you can do. I did an episode not long ago on running for local office and establishing, and this was at lewrockwell.com, and establishing a base to do it. Well, this is the exact same thing. You've got to work at the local level. If you don't like this stuff, you find out who voted for it, and then you work against them. And you say, well, look, I mean, why would you support this guy when you say you're against the Marxists, you say you're against BLM, but yet you support to take down, you, you vote to take down the statues. So do you really oppose these things? I mean, are you really interested in American history, the preservation of real American history, the preservation of, of a, a diverse plurality, a plural community of the states having powers? I mean, the states should be able to send whatever statues they want there. It's their statues. This is the way it's always worked. So see, it's not just about the statues. It's about the entire principles behind this. That's the point. And I think that Ron Kennedy makes an excellent, excellent point in all that, which is why I wanted to read this. And again, why we should all look at this as a way forward. How can we affect change with our pen, with a piece of paper, and just some networking? It's not just, a, I mean, these are things that have to happen. And if you do it, and we've seen it happen, grassroots stuff works. I mean, People get fired up, they get excited, they go out and they get people and they get candidates that will say things that they want them to say, and they vote for the constituents. Now, the left is never going to like it. They're going to trash all these people. Steve Scalise, even though the poor man was shot by some crazy leftist lunatic, um, and I, I feel terrible for him in that way, but voting this way, that's a bad, it sends a bad message to your constituents. I mean, the left hates him. Obviously, which I mean is something that's a positive for him that the left hates him that bad. But when you vote and simply use a bad argument, well, these people are all Democrats anyways. They should go. They're all traitors anyways. That's the Claremont Hillsdale stupidity. That's the establishment conservative Lincolnian conservative position, National Review. That's what that is. And it's not right. It's not even accurate. So that's why we should be considering uh, trying to Remove these people from office and, of course, get real conservatives in there, people that will sim simply uh, say no, say no, shut up. The, the response should have been no, shut up from all the Republicans in Congress to the Democrats. They would have lost, but at least they would have saved face. No, shut up. We're not voting to take these people out. But, of course, the fear is, 
Well, if you vote for these statues, then you vote for treason. You vote for slavery. You vote for racism. How about, no, you don't believe in all those things, but yet you also want to recognize that these people were pretty great Americans. Uh, they may not have had the same values we have, but they're important. And if they're important from their state, if John C., if anybody is important from South Carolina, it's John C. Calhoun, for example. He should be in the Capitol. And if you want to say, well, we don't like John C. Calhoun, we don't agree with what he said about this or that, fine. No one's saying you can't do that, but it doesn't hurt anybody to walk by that thing. Uh, and I know Democrats will do, oh, I feel so, I stand in front of this and I'm so distressed. That sounds like a mental disorder that you have there. That's really what that is. I'll never forget when, uh, and I've said this before on this show, but when there was some discussion about names of community colleges in, in Alabama, there was a, 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 a young a student at a Calhoun Community College. She was interviewed. Uh, and she's a black, young black student there. And they were talking about how in Yale and other places are taking down Calhoun's name. And she said, you mean to tell me that people are, are so offended by something they can't walk in a building? Well, that's just stupid. I mean, it was great. It was just a smackdown of this little, little, little liberal twit that came from Yale. And talking to a real American, hey, you know, uh, this is kind of stupid. I just want to go to school and get an education. I don't care what name's on the building. That's fine. Whatever. Ridiculous. I love that response. It was one of the best things. Basically, she said, no, shut up in her own way. But that's what should be the answer. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Brian McClanahan Show. Get that pen working. Get out there and network. Get those things going. That's how you help turn things around. I'll see you next time on the next. See you then.